The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. saved us from our sins, our lives are now in God. We desire the Holy Word to order where we trod. All for Christ, yet anything for self we count as dross. We're pilgrims with a crown With our Bibles open today to the book of Exodus, we continue today with the outline as we continue our survey through the Bible book by book. First, a word of prayer, and then find the book of Exodus. Father, it is in Jesus' precious name that I come, and I thank you for the sacrifice of your dear Son upon Calvary's cross. And by the blood of his cross, we have peace with God. Lord, would you help me now in this preaching time? Lord, apart from your grace, I can do nothing. And I give myself into the hands of the potter, into the hands of the master. Use me for the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray. And it is in Jesus' name and for his sake I pray. Amen and amen. Exodus. We find that the children of Israel are down in the land of Egypt. Jacob and his sons are there, and Joseph was the ruler o'er the land. But Joseph died, and he told the children of Israel that God will surely visit you, and therefore he said, Carry my bones up from hence. And so we come now to Exodus 1 and verse number 8. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. And so I pointed this out so that you understand that God's people, which were but a family, 
have multiplied into a nation. God is making a family into a nation, and he is making a man, Moses, into a leader in the book of Exodus. And so today we begin now with the outline. In chapter 1, verse 1 through the end of chapter 12, Israel as a people are delivered by the Lord. The hand of God is prominent. Look to chapter 7, verse number 5. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Chapter 9, verse 3. Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the asses, upon the camels, upon the oxen, and upon the sheep. There shall be a very grievous moraine. Skip down to verse 15. For now I will stretch out my hand, that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. One more reference concerning the hand of God, chapter 13, verse number 3. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. The hand of God delivered the people of Israel. We see their circumstances in chapter 1. They saw blessings while in a strange land, verses 1 through 7. The family as it first came into Egypt and the family as it flourished while in Egypt. But then they saw bitterness while in this strange land. The bitterness of bondage in verses 8 through 14 of chapter 1 and the bitterness of birthing, chapter 1, verses 15 through 22. The Hebrew midwives were commanded to kill all the men children, and no doubt all the women of Israel were in constant fear while carrying their babies and waiting to give birth. But thank God for some women. In chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. Thank God for some women who feared God more than man and disobeyed the demands of a wicked ruler like Pharaoh and saved those baby boys and brought them into this world. And that introduces us to Moses in chapter 2, verse 1, down through chapter 4, verse 31. We see the call of Moses. I would invite you to look at that divine commentary on the life of Moses in Acts 7, verses 20 through 44, and Hebrews 11, verses 23 through 28. And you compare this account as given by Stephen in Acts, along with Exodus 7 and verse 7, and Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7, and you'll learn that the life of Moses was divided equally into three periods of 40 years each. The first 40 years, he was part of the royal family in Egypt. He grew up in the Pharaoh's house. He was a son of Pharaoh's daughter. She took him from the bulrushes when she went down to bathe in the river. He was, however, raised on the knee of his own Hebrew mother, until which time he was weaned, Exodus 2, verses 7 through 10. The second 40 years of his life were spent roaming in solitude, 
which only wilderness and a shepherd's life can provide. The third period of forty years, Moses was God's man with God's message, and he stood as a prophet and ruler in Israel, even as one who spoke with God face to face. Exodus 33.11, Deuteronomy 34.10 bear this out. He was, according to Deuteronomy 33, Moses, the man of God. But in Exodus 2, 1 through 10, we see Moses as a son in Egypt. Then in chapter 2, beginning with verse 11 down into verse 15, we see Moses as a sympathizer with Israel. He flees. He becomes a shepherd in Midian. That's chapter 2, verse 15, down into chapter 4 and verse 18. But then Moses returns, chapter 4, verses 19 through 31, and he's a spokesman for Jehovah. You see, the Lord had a word for Moses, then he had a word for Aaron, and he had a word for Israel, and Moses would deliver that word. But then there's not only the call of Moses and the circumstances of Israel, but in chapter 5 through chapter 12, there is the contest with Pharaoh. And we find the first encounter, chapter 5, verse 1, down through chapter 7, verse 9, and it doesn't go well. But then we see further encounters, chapter 7, verse 10, into chapter 10, verse 23. And we find a series of meetings and miracles in the form of plagues, which demonstrate the power and the sovereignty of God, proving that there is none like Him in all the earth. Would you flip to Exodus chapter 9, and let's look at a couple of verses here before we move on. Verse 13, And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. The holy God of Israel of the Hebrews said to Pharaoh that thou might know that there is none like me in all the earth. And so we come to the second meeting, chapter 7, verses 10 through 13, a third meeting, chapter 7, verse 14, down through verse 19, and then we see the first miracle or plague, chapter 7, verses 20 through 25, and here the waters were in the river were turned into blood. Blood was throughout all the land of Egypt, and the Egyptian god Osiris was being judged. There's a fourth meeting in chapter 8, and a second miracle, chapter 8, verses 5 through 15. This time frogs are upon the land of Egypt, and there is the defeat of the Egyptian god Hecht. And then there is that third miracle. Chapter 8, verse 16, down through 19, lice is throughout all the land of Egypt. There is the defeat of the Egyptian god Seb. There's a fifth meeting, chapter 8, verses 20 through 23. And now comes the fourth miracle, 
Chapter 8, verse 24, flies come into all the land of Egypt, and there is the defeat of that Egyptian god, Hatcock. The sixth meeting, chapter 8, verse 25, and this is when the first and second compromises of Pharaoh are proposed, but thank God refused by Moses. The seventh meeting, chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. The fifth miracle or plague, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. There is the death of all the cattle of Egypt and the defeat of the Egyptian god Apis. Then the sixth miracle or plague, chapter 9, verses 8 through 12, boils throughout all the land of Egypt and the defeat of the Egyptian god Typhon. An eighth meeting in chapter 9, the seventh miracle or plague, chapter 9, verse 22, hell upon all the land of Egypt and the defeat of the Egyptian god Shu. The ninth meeting, chapter 10, verse 1, this is when the third compromise of Pharaoh is proposed, but again rejected by Moses. The eighth miracle, locusts upon all the land of Egypt and the defeat of the Egyptian god Serapia. The ninth miracle, chapter 10, darkness in all the land of Egypt and the defeat of the Egyptian god Ra. We'll have to come back and look at that final encounter in chapter 10, verse 24 through chapter 12. Verse 51, God proved himself to be God before Pharaoh and the Egyptians. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's Word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmark.com. Cooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.